everyone. This is Olga. We're going to talk about how to become a general counsel today. As you know, this is something that I deeply care about, has made an intentional journey to become one, have a theory of how one becomes, uh, but also love talking to other aspiring general counsel or general counsel uh, about their journey or about how they think about it. Uh, because I think there's more than one way to become one and we can learn together. It should, it's definitely not something you're born with. It's something you become and you learn skill. Um, and those who make an intentional journey to get there are much more likely to be successful than those who are waiting for the lucky day. Um, and so today I have a very special guest, David. Welcome to the notes to my legal self. Please introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks, Olga. I'm David Ham. I am senior counsel corporate at Summit Materials. Day to day, we support the board and its committees, our SEC filings, NYSE compliance, capital markets activity, and M&A activity. I'm also the co-chair of the in-house subcommittee of the MBA corporate governance committee. It's a mouthful, but um, in connection with that, I'm doing a podcast called Conversations with GCs, and Olga is nice enough to have me on to talk about it. Well, um, it's my privilege to have you here. Uh, it makes me really excited when increasingly in-house lawyers show up publicly and uh, share their thoughts and uh, drive initiatives. Uh, because up until recently, it was mostly outside lawyers who've done it. So I really I get excited when I see uh, in-house lawyers like David, who are very actively sharing knowledge and encouraging um, you know, moving forward together. Um, David, I have a number of questions, some of them about sort of how to become the general counsel, and some of them actually about um, what inspired you to, to do podcasts as an in-house lawyer, because I think that's a conversation that many folks will benefit from. Before we do that, let's set a context. Um, share a little bit more about your, your journey um, as in-house lawyer. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I practiced for about 10 years in firms and um, had been interested in moving in-house or putting on the jersey, as I talk about it on the podcast. Um, and through a business development event, met um, my boss, my previous boss, uh, and we hit it off. And it just so happened at that same time, his right-hand um, person left uh, to go somewhere else and he had a vacancy. And so it was just kind of right place, right time, uh, which is kind of common how I got in the door, um, was at, it was CenturyLink, then Lumen Technologies uh, for three years um, in kind of the same space I'm in now in the corporate governance and transaction group. Um, and each kind of year thinking more and more, um, being intentional about wanting to be general counsel and actually being willing to say it out loud because it seems like a bit of a presumptuous thing at first. I love the the lesson of of, of networking. Um, at the time when you met, um, you know, someone who would give you your first in-house opportunity, were you actually networking, or was it sort of a, you know, was it intentional, or was it a happy accident? This was actually a happy accident. I was um, intentionally networking uh, on LinkedIn. One of my roles in-house, I was brought in a firm to build out. Um, a, a business transaction department, which meant I had to find the work to be able to do it. I'd always had just more work on my desk than I could do. And at that time, I, I started using LinkedIn. It was about 2016. And I intentionally reached out to any person I could. <laughs> and uh, so I was actively um, networking via LinkedIn. 
Uh, but this just happened to be a business development event that the firm put on that I had to go to. And I'm glad I did because it worked out. <laughs> More work than you could do. That not that a story of yeah. <laughs> a new lawyer life? Yeah, um, exactly. Especially uh, in-house, especially, um, especially, well, in a law firm, I guess, too. Um, I like that you one articulated that you would like to become a general counsel. And then I love the self-awareness where you, you mentioned, well, you know, it's actually important to say it out loud and it feels presumptuous. Uh, tell, tell me more. Tell me, tell me how you think about it have, or have seen others think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I was pretty much the low lawyer at Lumen. We had about 100 lawyers. Um, and that was the context in which I realized I wanted to be my boss's boss. But but how do you go about saying that without, you know, people thinking you're completely full of yourself? <laughs> but eventually the circle it started small, then it got bigger. Um, as I kind of shared with people the roadmap, how I saw myself getting to that ultimate goal. And what I realized was the more people I talked to, particularly who were lawyers similarly situated, they had that same aspiration, but they had the same feeling. They kept it back because they felt maybe it was beyond them or a little too self-focused or ambitious. Um, they didn't want to put it out there. Um, so it was actually a great community of people um, that I realized there are a lot of folks like me who have that aspiration and might be afraid to say it out loud. I think it definitely takes some courage. What did it take for you um, or what have you seen for others to actually come out and say it openly? What steps would you take to get there? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, having a plan, an incremental plan to get there, obviously, you're not going to go from the low lawyer to general counsel of a Fortune 150 company in one day. So having a little bit of a roadmap that made logical sense made me a little com more comfortable to talk about it. And then talking to people who you're comfortable with, who will, even if you're kind of out there, which I am a good bit, uh, they kind of know where you're coming from and kind of, kind of help right size the path or help you think through the pros and cons. And um, in that plan, um, do uh, are you sort of do you have milestones or you know, people to talk to, skills to learn, or how how are you thinking? What is the plan? What is on David's plan? Yeah, yeah. So it it started with it's, it's kind of several aspects, some educational goals. So when I made the initial plan in 2018. Um, one of the milestones was getting an LLM in securities at Georgetown, which I'm in my last semester now. So that was a milestone. Um, one of the milestones was I was one step removed from the GC. So getting to be a direct report to GC, which was my last move from Lumen uh, to Summit. Um, and you know, now it's kind of it's either the next step is becoming a GC or uh, taking a one more kind of VP step to that. But it's more. It's not as intentional as it should be, Olga, in, in the sense of learn this skill, learn this skill. I'm still trying to flesh it out. It's kind of a skeleton roadmap at this point. Uh, so it's still evolving. Every day it's evolving. I love it. I think on my journey, I've become a general counsel. I realized two things that were very important. One is that um, as a general counsel, you usually report to CEO. Um, yeah. or, and, and I realized that my network was CEO poor. Um, and so I realized that people who are in position to extend me that job don't know that I exist. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that set out a journey of intentional networking with CEOs. Um, and the second thing to realize, I realized is that uh, general counsel generally know a lot more about openings 
uh, in the general counsel market, just like when I was at a law firm, I knew a lot about who is hiring at which law firm. And when I was in house lawyer, I had a lot of information about kind of uh, mid-level mid positions as well. And so now working with other general counsel, um, I realized that my, my network was general counsel poor <laughs> again, yeah. and networking for that position uh, was something that I, uh, I did intentionally as well. Um, though um, my first general counsel position, I I, I, I've gained uh, neither from the CEO nor from another general counsel, um, ironically enough. Uh, but I did feel that this was actually very helpful in, in learning to, to get there. Um, let's talk about the ABA's in-house portion. Um, you know, this is uh, something that ABA uh, not historically sort of known for. Yeah. Uh, tell us more about the, um, the, the, I think, is it, is it a chapter or is it a division? How, how does uh, ABA think about it and what does it do? Yeah, um, so uh, there's sections and uh, the, the story is actually, um, I can tell it a couple of different ways. I'll tell the long version. You cut me off when I start getting too monologue <laughs> but <laughs> it, it really kind of goes to um, the power of saying yes is where all this started. Um, just like with this interview with you, Olga had never done a video interview. So I almost said no, but I was like, okay, just step out there, say yes, it, it'll be fine. You're going to survive. You're um, doing great. I mean, you're looking <laughs> great. Uh, but yes, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I was invited to do a presentation for Broadridge about virtual annual shareholder meetings during the COVID craze where everybody was switching. If you remember all that time, it was, it was chaotic and we had done it and navigated uh, the waters with Broadridge. And so I was coming on as the in-house perspective. Um, the the firm lawyer, Frank Placenti, who was presenting on more of the substantive stuff, he and I kicked it off uh, before the presentation began and we're just cutting it up and kind of getting in trouble with the people who are trying to keep things on the track. But we just hit it off. Um, about a couple of days after the presentation, he emailed and, and asked me to join. Um, he was forming for the ABA Corporate Governance Committee um, an in-house subcommittee uh, because of exactly what you said, that it's been historically poor on reaching in-house lawyers. Uh, so he wanted to try to change that. And so I said yes. Um, and then I shared with him the idea of reaching out to GCs and he loved it. And so connected me with the ABA publishing folks and it's kind of the rest is history, but it, it all came from saying yes to one invitation that led to another, that led to another, that led to this. Uh, so it's been a fun ride. Oh, I love it. And I, I, you know, saying yes is a really underrated quality. And I think it's very important. Thank you for bringing it up. That led to podcasts that you're doing. I have historically been asked to do podcasts. And for a long time, I actually said no, uh, because it's, it's actually quite a lot of work to find great folks and, and get them to the point that you can have a great conversation and then record it and then actually release it into the wild in a way that is listenable and exciting. Um, so how have your experiences been so far? Well, I, I mean, I'm about as green as they come. <laughs> I mean, I Googled like, what mic should I use? The first one I, I used just my headset I used for work. And you know, that, that was the Chad Perry episode that just dropped uh, this week. And it the, the audio is horrible. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's been a learning experience and being able to talk to folks like you, Olga, who, who do it a lot. Um, the community, the podcast community is fantastic. Um, it's still kind of in its beginning stage relatively as a medium. And so everybody is very uh, open to help and give you comments and critiques. And it's been 
it's been a great experience. I do say the ABA has a, a production company that that helps us so with the music and editing and all that. So thankfully, I, I don't have to do that side because it would be a complete failure if I did. It's, it's been a great experience so far, a really wonderful way. I mean, we wouldn't be talking right now uh, if I wouldn't have stepped out. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I resisted for a long time, but I started doing podcasts in pandemic because, you know, I had this extra time, I thought. Um, and so I picked up a few hobbies and um, it's been it's been very interesting. I've learned quite a lot and met a lot of really great people and had some really enlightening conversations. And I'm, I'm grateful every time that I have a chance to learn. What is your sort of biggest learnings um, since you started doing it? Yeah, I think, you know, you you identified several points that are the most challenging. And I think the most challenging, particularly in the GC space, has been finding folks um, who are willing to spend their time and then actually scheduling and having that scheduled time work. <laughs> I think everyone I've had to reschedule, except maybe uh, the first one, a couple times. Uh, and then there'll be tech issues on my side. Uh, so, you know, I think the biggest challenge is kind of the tech side of it and just availability and the scheduling. Uh, so if I could get some help there, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Do you find that um, in-house lawyers are open-minded about kind of being front and center, sharing about their experiences, having interviews like this? What What are your thoughts there? You know, I think it's interesting. I have met the folks that have been on my show have been extremely gracious and generous, but I do think it is a pretty um, good observation that maybe the in-house community is a little more reluctant than the outside counsel because we have one client, right? Many clients and one client, but you, you really do have to be careful as you talk about your experiences not going too far. And it's funny watching some episodes um, where you're like, hmm, wonder if they went a little too far. So I do think there may be uh, something there to what you're saying, Olga. Yeah, I, I've seen, because I, I, one of the many reasons why I started was writing. Because writing is sort of, you can proofread, uh, double yeah. check, double click, get get permission. Um, and, and you know, I, I didn't have to show up uh, fully, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gave me a little bit more control. Um, is that, you know, I, th I think that uh, that attitude of in-house lawyer actually speaking up publicly, I think that is an idea that is still being shaped. Uh, we are historically sort of behind the scenes, the, the trusted advisors. That also sometimes means that we don't, don't actually do the front and center leadership and speaking up, but that's somebody else's job. And because you can sort of reverse engineer into sort of um, things that are not public, uh, because we have few clients and they are, they are not, they are well known who they are. So I've definitely seen that in-house lawyers sort of that discretion part is amplified. Though I've also seen that I've, since I've been doing it now for over a decade, I've seen, I've seen a lot of transformation and they're definitely in-house lawyers who are much more comfortable speaking up. And yes, there is still quite a lot that, um, still reluctant and, really um you know they the live conversation is harder for them and even the podcast because it's really hard to edit you know you can cut things out but you can't kind of change words um mm -hmm. so it's not as as, as uh, micro changes as you can so i i definitely think that um there's some of that um let's talk about becoming the general counsel um and um and kind of the things that you've learned from your guests um, what kind of surprised you the most in your conversation that you thought, oh, wow, that's a good tip. I never thought of that. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've observed is just how many, and you said it up top, um, how many paths there are 
to becoming a general counsel. You know, I I kind of had it in my mind, you, you're a corporate and securities lawyer, and then at least in the public context, and you flip up. But, you know, uh, Jackie Lee, one of my guests who's fantastic, uh, was a litigator in the IP space uh, and, and made her way to GC. So I've been really, I, I, I've been really interested on how many paths um, there are to get there. I, I was an IP litigator once, so I can definitely tell you, you can become <laughs> Maybe a Maybe that's the other path. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely become a general counsel from that path. Um, and I agree with you. You know, what I did was I, 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 I drove around the Bay Area and I interviewed over 100 general counsel about their past. And then I wrote and um, kind of those interviews, asked them to take a look, make sure that they're okay with sharing and, and published it on ACC at the time. And the number one inspiring thing for me was, is, is this tapestry, the richness of the past um, that, that you can get there. And I think that for me, that was very liberating because I thought there's sort of just one way and there are many, many ways and you can kind of find yourself in those ways. I think it's, it was very empowering to, um, to, 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 to hear those stories. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's talk about kind of characteristics or skills to acquire what you can proactively do to kind of, you know, position yourself um, to to get into the, the destination of becoming the general counsel. Yeah, you know, the one thing that everybody put up top as a priority is communication. Uh, studying your audience, being able to communicate to a board uh, is very different than being able to communicate to your SME and security. So, um, Chad Perry put it, you've got to be able to pivot from 30,000 feet to five feet on a, just a snap. Uh, and I thought that was really, really great. And I think that's, that's been the biggest skill that I think wherever you are, you can start to cultivate and develop. So how do you actually develop that skill? Do, do you have any thoughts? Um, you know, I mean, I guess being in the boardroom is one, but you know, it's certainly not the skill that I've been taught in law school. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and it kind of goes to the other one of the tips for being a, an aspiring GC is, uh, you know, look in your current role for stretch opportunities and communication is a great, great space. So if you are in a legal department or even at a firm um, looking for opportunities to speak uh, to the board and make a presentation at a board, uh, attend a board meeting to take minutes, I think exposing yourself particularly to that audience, because it's a very, as you know, very particular skill set to be able to effectively high level, concisely communicate complex concepts uh, to a board. I think doing it, getting reps uh, like anything else um, is the best path. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I found that, um, depend, you know, your current general counsel may or may not be open-minded about mentoring you <laughs> right. to, to, to become a, the general counsel. Um, I found that getting mentorship from outside the organization, um, you know, uh, was also very helpful. And I, I, I kind of adopted those 100 uh, plus general counsel as my mentors. I didn't even ask them. I sort of decided that they were and I learned from them. And that was very helpful. Um, are there any other tips that you think are helpful in sort of in your general counsel journey? Yeah, I think um, one one thing that I, I thought was was interesting, I, I posed the question to everybody, you know, as you move up in the general counsel role, uh, do you think it's more important to still be a good lawyer? Or does it become more about being a business executive? Um, and, and they really 
harped on, you have to be an excellent lawyer first. That's not it, uh, but be an excellent lawyer. So I think it's always honing your craft, deepening your expertise, and also building capabilities outside of your main area of expertise. Because as general counsel, as you know, you have to be able to learn quickly. Um, You have to be able to at least know enough to engage with your experts in-house or um, outside counsel. So I think developing your skills as a lawyer. Very interesting. I want to talk about sort of the manage, talent management aspect of it, hiring, recruiting, retaining high caliber people. I, I actually do think that being number one lawyer, I, I've had both number one and number two lawyer job. And I, I, when I was number two lawyer, I was really much more on the cutting edge of the law, where as a general counsel, I was sort of much more in uh, this sort of executive conversations. So yeah. I actually think they're very different jobs. And yes, you know, legal skills are table stakes. But I think they're fundamentally different jobs and not necessarily one better than the other. I think they're different. And I don't, I think it's some, some jobs are better for some people than others. Um, yeah. but, uh, what I also find, um, in every executive role, now I've had a few, I had the general counsel role, I had the VP of strategy role, now the CEO role, um, that, that kind of cultivating, retaining, recruiting, um, you know, talent and, and managing is sort of another skill. Um, that is, uh, you know, you're not born with it. It's something you develop. Um, and, um, and, um, it's not taught in law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I find as a lawyer, very few lawyers manage teams, let mm-hmm. alone large teams. Yeah. So I found it as a number two lawyer, I found it, you know, because I was thinking, how do I acquire that skills? I, I don't have a big team to manage my peers and other functions, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually have much bigger team and become much more experienced managers than I am by the time they're at my level. So how are you thinking about that leadership management skill? And those are not obviously the same skills, but how are you thinking about leadership and management? Yeah, I I think the biggest insight I gleaned was from Brady Long, um, who I think will be dropping today. Um, He really emphasized the human element of leading a team, being a boss, um, and he, he phrased it as always striving to be a good partner uh, for those who you report to, who report up to you, your service providers. And that really spoke to me because I think, you know, scaling management from a team of five to a hundred, clearly there's technical aspects to it, but the <laughs> principle of everyone's a person and looking out for their best interest, helping them grow and excel mentoring. I think that was the one thing from Brady that really I took away and really meant a lot to me. Imagining what the destination looks like. Yeah. Um, what what is successful legal team or business team or uh, tech team look like, and then sort of backing into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 that's because sometimes, as you know, it's sort of you know in startup speak, building a plane as you're flying it. It's a little hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, like uh, MLA has a really like duck training at MLA. I'll just give him a shout out. He's wonderful at at helping um, think through those things about here's your current state. Here's your desired end state. Here's a roadmap to get there. I think having some help uh, to that end, because I think you're right, Olga, we're not trained in law school to think like that. <laughs> you know, we read cases, pre- you know, prepare arguments. Uh, so I think getting some help is good. Yeah, I actually distinctly remember when I was number two lawyer, we were uh, preparing to go public and uh, for all um, uh, se- for all executives and senior leadership, we had executive uh, coaching. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I can't say that I naturally gravitate toward coaching, uh, but that was provided to me and actually was completely life changing in, yeah. in my case and uh, was very helpful. I, I, um, I highly recommend that, that um, you know, I don't think leadership or executive skills are natural to many, you know, yeah. at least to the extent you're born with it, but they become second nature by learning. And um, I found that that was very helpful. Uh, yeah. in my yeah. And you think about it when you're growing up playing sports, you always have a coach. Um, and, and, you know, really our sport now in law is law. And so it makes sense. Why would it be any different um, as a leader, as a lawyer, to have somebody coaching you, cheering you on, helping you, letting you see your blind spots? Um, makes total sense. I'm a big believer as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, Julie Brush, is, uh, the, the, uh, the lawyer's whisperer, compares lawyers, especially those high-achieving lawyers, to sort of Olympians because mm -hmm. they are sort of the, um, you know, perfected their craft to the point that, you know, in their field, um, they they are on top of their game. They are sort of Olympians equivalent, um, and you don't get to that level by yourself. It does take a lot of intentional steps, and getting help along the way is definitely an important one. So, before we wrap up, um, you know, curious, um, you know, maybe give us a preview of what interviews are coming, who is going to be on your show next, uh, what should we expect, where we can find it, how do we tune in. Yeah, yeah. So i uh, got some really interesting interviews coming up, still nailing down dates and, and final, you know, confirmations. So some more to come on that. Uh, you can find it on the ABA website. I should know um, off the top of the head where that is. That would have made total sense. Uh, but maybe we can put it in the show notes or somewhere. I, I can share that. Um, but yeah, it, it is actually already in show notes. Oh, okay. But, perfect. But, in the but, show notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we're still going to go. Um, going to try to take it as long as it's uh, as we can. Uh, and then there's an idea to turn it into a book, uh, kind of like you did, Olga. Uh, so I'd be interested in reading your work um, on the back end with Lessons Learned. Really cool. Um, well, David, thank you so much. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I, it makes my heart beat a little faster when I see in-house lawyers taking proactive steps sharing lessons, uh, being generous. It, it's just it really uh, makes me proud to be the former general counsel in-house lawyer um, and, and, and call that my tribe. Um, so thank you so much for setting the example for doing that and uh, inspiring other in-house leaders to, to publicly share their lessons and help each other. Um, before we leave, um, you know, what is one or two things you want to leave the audience with um, that you think will either help them in their um, general counsel journey or frankly, you know, their podcasting journey, whichever or both. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like we said, the power of yes, uh, all this started with one yes uh, for me. And you never know that's going to lead. Uh, get out of your comfort zone. This is I'm so uncomfortable right now, <laughs> but it's good. You know, it's growing. Um, and then, you know, check out the podcast. Um, say it out loud that you want to be a general counsel. There's nothing wrong with that. You've got a lot of people who share that ambition and are on your side. Really cool. Well, thank you so much for joining. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Olga. I appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, two things. Uh, well, a couple of t uh, takeaways. One is that say yes. It is a very powerful thing to do. No is a powerful. Yes, a powerful as well. Definitely consider saying them intentionally. Two is that general counsel are not born, you become one, it's a journey. 
Um, there are multiple ways to get there. Tune in for David's podcast. I really love the idea of sharing those um, notes and, and tips uh, publicly. And I'm really happy that the ABA is really actively embracing in-house lawyers and helping them to become the, the, the visible leaders that they, that they are. As you know, guests on my podcast are nominated by you. Um, so if you have uh, ideas of who uh, is the in-house leader you want to hear from, learn from, get the insight, let me know. And if that in-house leader is you, definitely nominate yourself. I encourage self-nomination. There is nothing wrong with raising your hand saying, I want to be the general counsel. There is nothing wrong with raising your hand and saying, I have insights I can share. I am definitely more, more than open to that idea. And every guest we've had in three seasons now have been nominated by you and sometimes self-nominated again, which I encourage. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye, everyone.